But like anything in life, you're always looking for opportunities when you're thinking entrepreneurial. Like, what's the need? What can I help fix something? What's something new? And what's the market lacking right now? You know, that I could sell them and help people. I'm not just looking to make money. I was like mm-hmm. thinking about if we do good work, the money will fall. So let's focus on doing good work and let's find a hole in the industry, which was business. So. Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty business. Now, if you're a beauty or wellness business owner, and you'd like to have more prospects, more leads, and more clients than you know what to do with, if you'd like to be making more money, all while having more fun than you think should be legal, then you're in the right place. Now, whether you're just starting out, or if you've been in the industry for years, we're going to be giving you the lowdown on both new and trusted tools, strategies, and systems, along with just the right amount of inspiration and philosophization to help you start having more fun, making more impact, and more importantly, making more money in your beauty business. Now, with over 750,000 downloads, along with hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews worldwide, this is the number one podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. Now, if you want to check out all the episodes, all the guides, downloads, links, and giveaways, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Welcome along to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now, like I said just there, hopefully in the credits, my name is Adam, and I'm your host. But actually today, you get three for the price of one, because in this episode, I am joined by Paul and Tussany Luba from the Lashcast podcast. Now, I'm going to keep this intro as short as possible, honestly, because we cover so much in today's episode. I want to make sure you get the most from that as soon as possible. But the focus of today's episode is loosely around the struggle, you know, the struggle of growing your own business, your beauty business, your lash business, your event, your podcast everything follows a similar path. And boy, are there some bumps along the road. And Paul and Tussany, bless them, have hit pretty much every bump there was in their path to growth, including having to close down their own salon. We talk about that, but they have mastered the art of getting back up, learning from each experience, good or bad. And now, well, now they have a thriving business and they run the biggest lash conference in the world. But none of it has happened overnight. None of it has come easy and none of it has come cheap. But that, my lovely listeners, that's what the struggle is all about. Now, I should say, Paul and Tussany and I chatted for so long that we probably could have filled three podcasts, but they are such lovely, friendly, funny, welcoming people. Something that they have thought hard about when it comes to how the Lash Conference is attended and comes across to people who visit it. So this conversation really, really covers a lot. Now, this is definitely one of those episodes where you want to grab yourself a time-appropriate beverage, kick back, and join myself, Paul and Tussany, as we discuss their journey, when to quit, when not to quit, and what to do next. Cool. All right. So I want to welcome to the show today, Tussany and Paul Lubas from uh, the Lashcast and the Lash Conference. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Very excited. Thank you so much. So, um, yeah, I'm, well, we'll get into this a little bit later on. Lash Conference coming up, LashCon coming up later in the year. I'm going to be there and I'm super excited. I cannot wait for that. I've just looked through the website myself now and even even I'm excited about coming to some of the stuff that's going on there. So I cannot wait. (laughs) Um, But for anyone who's not heard of you, I really want to kind of uh, 
Talk about your background, how you got started out, and also how you made the shift to what it is you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's started with me. Um, I am a beauty professional, and my background was doing facials. I worked with um, plastic surgeons and, and med spas, so my specialty was skincare. But I, it was I think 2005. I went 2005, to one yeah. of the beauty shows, and I discovered lash extensions, and I thought to myself, this is going to make this huge difference in the world because it makes everybody more beautiful. And who doesn't want that, right? So um, the other thing about lashes that I absolutely love was it just really satisfied that need or that itch that I have to do small, fine, uh, repetitive work over and over again and makes it um, something that makes beautiful art. For example, I've always been into crafting. Um, needlepoint, embroidery, beading, that kind of thing as a little kid. So it allowed me just to go really deep into those small movements that made something absolutely beautiful. So I, so not only did it, the end result make people look more beautiful, but it also satisfied that mood. It's very extremely soothing to me. So I just knew it was going to be amazing. In the beginning, I had to rely on a lot of my personality. You know, not necessarily that they came back from my personality, not necessarily for the service, but eventually it kicked in and mm-hmm. I began to be, you know, have a demand and um, be overworked completely. So that was the point where I realized I needed a component of myself and, and needed staff. And and so um, thus, thus it began. Um, I started um, hiring and I didn't know at all how to onboard somebody. I didn't know how to train them. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know. I, I I went for a staff that was already kind of pre-packaged, you know, they already mm-hmm. had the social skills and that kind of stuff. And I thought that just by putting them on the floor, they'd be able to do fine and they did. Yeah. What happened is they, they took it to leave because I wasn't investing anything in them, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, you know, and this is new. So it was really hard to replace a lash person. And you know, I was really hurt by that, but I had to look at it later on and realize hmm, them. Well, well, of course they're going to leave. So, well, yeah, when you don't invest in people, um, then they don't, if they don't think you care. Then they're they're not they're not going to care back. It's a right. it's a two way road. So she thought I hired you, I trained you a little bit. Now you owe me <laughs> for some reason forever. Like yeah. be my employee for the rest of your life. And they were after a year or two, like, nah, I think I got this. I got and this. Like that, you yeah. know, well, it's it's like you say, it's like you've you've got such intense passion for your business, and you think everyone else doing that should have the same level of passion. And then you hire people thinking, well, you know, I've given them a space. They can, they can create their own thing within my space and, and they should be as passionate as me. Tends to be not the case. No. <laughs> so, completely, completely not the case. They yeah. tend to care about their own business all of a sudden. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock. So I, you know, I, I realized that I was in over my head and I, because my focus was on the clients and the service. Sure. And I really didn't have a good handle on what was happening. With no of, systems in place. Um, I wasn't working there. I was just the painter at night. I come and paint the salon or fix you know, things. Or, do stuff. Yeah. Please do this. Please do that. You know. Yeah. I wasn't working in the company at the time. I was in an amazing career producing big blockbuster films. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I was <laughs> working in film, but just nowhere close to the success. Her business was taking off in huge strides. It was such a new thing, 2008, 2009. Even the middle of the, of the I was about to say pandemic. That's sorry, that's recession. happening. Recession, the Great Recession. 
her business grew. Like it just continued to grow and grow. And so she was getting busier and busier in the middle of this downtime, which by the way, is one of the things when people tell me like, Oh, the economy's bad. This is bad. I'm like, that's, that's an excuse. You know, I know it's nice to find excuses and their challenges, but if you're doing something special, if you're doing something unique and you have a great unique selling point, which is the time when Tuscany, like one of the only last artists in LA, yeah, you know what? People still come in and line up around the block to get their lashes done, even though half the people are broke and can't afford anything. My philosophy of lashes is very different from the one that was coming out of the industry. From yeah. Manufacturers, from trainers, having done it for so long, I, I, I knew what worked and what didn't. And mm-hmm. I used those those principles to train my staff. And we were very successful. But when we go to um, beauty conferences and speak and show, we have a booth and show my technique. Time after time, people will walk by and they whisper under their breaths and say, oh, that's wrong, that's damaging lashes. And, and it was really hard to open up the dialogue because I did lashes wrong, quote unquote. Mm. And so, you know, it was hard to have dialogue with people about it. So we just said, you know what, we're going to start a podcast so that we can talk about different ideas. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying my way is better. I'm not saying it's another is way. way. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's a different way. And it's a benefit for those who want to hear. And so by creating the podcast, it's creating a forum so that we can talk about these and share these ideas in a way that, um, you know, people have other ideas too that maybe aren't so popular. We can come together and discuss them and, and be sharpened by it. Yeah, I think the big thing before really... 2017, 2018, there was all this mentality, this group thing that there's only one way of doing lashes, one way of doing everything. And if you don't do it that way, you're a bad person, almost like an immoral, evil person who's trying to like, Damage you know, everyone's lashes. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, lashes are really more about preference. It's not a moral dilemma. It's not like, I don't know, I'm going to kill this person with these lashes or let this person live. It's like, no, no, it's a matter of preference. I like vanilla. I like chocolate. It's okay. You can like either one or not like them. You don't have to pick one or the, or, you know, be demonized. The person likes vanilla just because you like chocolate. Like we can both do things differently. And it really is kind of exciting to see the industry change over the last five years and and see people all of a sudden now be much more open-minded. Like, Oh, you do it that way. Well, that's not how I do it. I do it this way. Cause I think that's how the hair world has always been. Hair world's like, it celebrates almost diversity and change and different yeah. ways of it's approaching cutting it. Cutting and styling yeah. and color. I mean, I saw a guy cutting hair with fire for crying out loud. I don't know. If that's I saw really, that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If that's really, now that might be a line that's too far, but that's just said. I was like, I'm not going, but I'm yeah. curious to find out more about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally curious. And the guy with the machetes or whatever, he cut yeah. with the samurai swords oh or whatever. Oh my gosh. And, reliability. Oh my gosh. But that said, I, I, I just think that. I, we wanted to get the industry to open up and see things differently. And then our friends yeah. over at Last Space, I don't know if you know Jamie over there. In the, but Jamie pops on the scene and some other people like us pop on the scene. And also they start sharing everything. Like they're not mm-hmm. saying, oh, you have to pay me for information, which used to be the old school way of thinking. Oh, if you want information, you got to pay me. No, they start sharing tips and information on their Instagram, on their podcasts. And all of a sudden, I feel like in this last five years, industries had a huge revolution where now yeah. people are willing to give away, help support each other, and also not demonize everyone who's different than you. There used to be just a huge demonization factor. And I just am so glad not to see that anymore, where we now can support and celebrate our differences, not just see, oh, you're different, so you must be a bad person. So that, that's like our two core reasons why 
um, in a long five minute explanation why we started the podcast. <laughs> so then, so then the podcast started, and you decided to kind of close the the salon. And then yeah. this idea of this conference came up, and I'm guessing is, that, is yeah. was this kind of off the back of the podcast and and sort of the, yes. the curiosity, the success that that had, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a Gary V um, student, I guess you could say. Back in the days, right. I got his first book before anyone knew who Gary V was. I remember watching him on Instagram when he only had like fifty thousand followers, and right. it was like he was small time, but he was talking about this whole concept of give things away, give value, over deliver, be patient. You know, and 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 think about you know giving so that, and then I started learning more about the marketing funnels and all that. And I was like, oh, I know. we can do this whole thing with a podcast. We do a podcast. We can start building influence, building fan. I remember Gary V talking about his wine library um, YouTube mm-hmm. channel where he would just go on and talk about wine for the first year and get like you know hundred views of his channel, and then after a year, all of a sudden it blew up, and all of a sudden he was being invited to NBC still waiting for that for us we haven't been invited on any big news <laughs> shows yet but anyway yeah, there was like this i i'd also just kind of took off but it took a year of him doing talking to no one basically i was like no we're going to just do that we're going to talk to no one for a year or two just to build a podcast start building influence opening doors hopefully people's minds to other ideas and then we will start bringing out other products and other things that we can do that can serve our community yeah. so I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but there's kind of a, a pattern with our with our history. Whenever we have something that's kind of a disappointment to us, one of the ways that we cope with it, and it's kind of a principle, is that immediately after something devastating has happened, the first time it was our um, the staff leaving, we said we've got to do something different, and the project became the business. How can we improve it? When we had the walkout, it was. Yes, that was that. Then then when we closed the salon, that was quite devastating. We said, okay, what our next project is. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be Lashcon. Because we already had those ideas going, like ideas like giving our staff opportunities to talk and then you know, wanting to improve um uh, the lash industry with business tips. We said, Okay, let's make this project, we're gonna do a convention. And when you focus immediately on a project, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. You have to focus True. on the things that you have to do to get that job done. So you put it out there and you're made accountable. I'm, okay, we've got to do it. And it really changes your mindset to focus on the skills that you have and use them instead of being really bummed out because it was really devastating in some ways to lose this on. But having something else to look forward to and to help, you know, use your skills and the same skills in the same way was redemptive. We did that in little ways too. We had a bad month or something happened in the salon i remember we like why don't we paint a wall like let's let's redecorate the salon a little bit find find something positive to focus on yeah you know we had like an idea jar (laughs) and that we put ideas in um the things that that we wanted to do and it was almost like break in case of a rainy day where we wouldn't break the jar we'd just go in there and look (laughs) and say oh we could we could do this we could paint we could buy some furniture we can you know so is this the whole is this the whole kind of uh, i guess extension of what is it? Action brings clarity or clarity. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It yeah. Is. Cause if you sit still, I feel like you do get, it's easy to get depressed and stuck, right? You wallow, don't you? Still. You just, you just, yes. it's the only thing you think about. There's a, yeah. there's a technique that I use with my, with my students every, we do this every week and it's, it's simply just, you know, if it, we do three things every week, we basically uh, write down the wins from the previous week, 
the lessons from the previous week, because I 100% believe in a saying that everyone will be bored of me saying over and over again, but it's to either get the result you want or the lesson you needed in everything you do. Yes. Um, yes. And so we, we look at our wins, we look at our lessons, and then we look at our problems or our holdups. And yeah. there's something that I kind of always have instinctively done, but recently realized there's actually science and psychology behind this. And if a problem remains in your head, your brain focuses on the problem. But as soon as you write it down, the other side of your brain kicks in and it starts looking for solutions. Mm. So simply by writing the problem down, your analytical problem-solving brain kicks in and starts yeah. going, right, that's the problem. Now we've defined it, it's on paper. Now let's start looking for solutions. Whereas if it stays up here, then yeah. it's just the problem. So yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's brilliant. a brilliant idea. Yeah, that <laughs> is. There you go. I love it. No, that's, that's great. And I think that's a little bit of a way for us with the idea of doing action, action is like, is when you start mm -hmm. just doing stuff instead of sitting there brooding yeah. and feeling bad about yourself and feeling like a loser, which, uh, you know, it's easy to do if, if you're let down, if you have a, something bad happen to you. Um, I think just doing something moving forward, um, and all of a sudden it brings that clarity or, or, or you find out, like you said, you know, the result you want or lesson you need, you start finding out, oh, I'm not really, this isn't good. This is the way I want it. And exactly. Hopefully there's a lesson. Yeah. And then you take from that and you shift and you change and then you get the result you want eventually totally. if, if you're smart. <laughs> Which so, I'm not always that smart. <laughs> so now you're taking these lessons on of learning a business, you understand yeah. marketing and funnels and all that kind of thing. So, you know, LashCon was just an immediate success, right? Oh yeah, overnight. Oh, yeah. yeah, millions <laughs> of dollars. I bought a Lambo. <laughs> Um, what else did I get? My gosh, I, I'm still, yeah. No, basically no, what happened, and actually the real struggle about starting last time in the beginning was not just the fact that, it, again, we knew it was going to be a long slog and we're just going to have work our butts off, but we just closed the business. And who am I to start a business conference after just closing a business? <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot so of... So the, the imposter system syndrome yeah, was strong. Yeah, oh, I was, and I was an imposter for that whole year, I felt like. I was, oh my gosh, it was really a, a crappy feeling. But again, the idea of just doing nothing also terrified me. I mean, I, I, another cho choice was, oh boy, I could go work. I actually was looking. I was like, maybe I'll just go get a job back in the industry, work in the film industry, mm -hmm. whatever, and be an employee again. Well, I, can't. I can't go back we, and be an employee. It's just, <laughs> it's, just I it's, not in our, it's not in our DNA. That, no. that was more frightening. That was actually more frightening. Yeah. So then we decided to work on LashCon. And the last conference at that point, no one ever heard of it it was new idea and it was just uh, uh, invisible to the world and you you know and the problem with anything when you start something new is you know it's big in my my head like, i think it's gonna be the greatest thing ever because i saw a need i saw our industry suffering with no business training no no business sense and none of the conferences at least in the last world were doing that they were all focused no. on technique Technique, yeah. technique, which is fine, by the way. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. But like anything in life, you're always looking for opportunities when you're thinking entrepreneurial. Like, what's the need? What can I help fix something? What's something new? And what's the market lacking right now? You know, that I could sell them and help people. I'm not just looking to make money. I was like mm -hmm. thinking about if we do good work, the money will fall. So let's focus on doing good work and let's find a hole in the industry, which was business. So we said, let's do that. Let's do a business conference. And we said, no, what? We're going to change things up. We're not got the same. 15 speakers every year. We're going to mix it up every year. We're going to be a lot of ladies, last conferences. We'd have the same people every year come back and back and back, which again is fine if that's what you love and your crowd loves that. I'm not going to say it's not good. But for us, I saw an opportunity because I talked to a lot of lash artists. They were like, well, 
I kind of wish there were different voices. I like to see new speakers. I like to see other opportunities. I'm like, you're right. So we'll make sure our conference is about business. It's not people you've seen at all the conferences all year long. So we, our mm-hmm. first lineup was very different lineup that you've seen. And we really wanted to draw people in from the business world, not just people who've been lashing their whole life, but people who worked in the beauty industry, people who had done bigger things than anything we had ever done because they have so much wisdom to give us. And I'm like, let's bring those people in. So we brought in yeah. three or four speakers who had been much more successful at a much higher level in the beauty space. And that was really exciting. And that again, set things apart. And then the real work began, because then you're like, okay, I, I got that all up. I got the theme. I got the idea. At least I thought, oh, people just will, will love to buy these tickets. And I think we opened our tickets first day and I sold like three. And I was like, okay, three tickets. That's, that's nothing. Like, okay, all eight of you, welcome to my conference. And, and then I remember watching this other conference. I felt really bad watching them and they, they launched their conference and like 40 people showed up at it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have 40 people at my conference. We've got to make sure that there's more people. It has to be like a, a circus. It has to be this an event. It has to be impactful. And so the work began every day. I was working 12, 16 hour days, creating content, I was DMing anyone who reached out to me. I'd be like, hey, you should buy tickets to LashCon. We'll help you out. I was selling one ticket at a time. <laughs> I was not going yeah. for group sales. I was every day hustling for that one ticket, that one ticket. And I was doing Instagram lives. I was doing podcasts. We were going on other people's podcasts. We were just doing anything and everything. And slowly, the word began to get out. Slowly, the people started signing up. I created all the video content. Back in those days, there was one person working for this company. It was me. She was working yep. doing lashes just so we could pay the bills. That first year, I didn't take a dime out of the company. Everything wow. that we got went back into the company. And people were like, even the first year, we ended up with almost 300 people, which at that time, I believe was the largest lash gathering ever. Yeah. And people were like, oh, man, 300 must have been killing. I'm like, no, nope. no, no, no killing. Nope. I, I worked for no, no. free for a year. <laughs> and... Um, and barely, and, and we really, because we put so much in the event, everything we spent was on the event. So it's like, yeah. And so, and that's been our trend and, every year since. And this mirrors, you know, starting up a, a lash business or a beauty business or, yeah. you know, any business. Yes. You know, the hope is you can earn some money from it from the start, but you've got to be prepared to just make it, just break even, put all the money back in again. But I yeah. guess that was, you at least had that knowledge that in order to grow, that was how you had to do it. It was going yeah. to take, whilst whilst you wanted thousands of people at the first year, you probably somewhere knew that it was going to be smaller to then get bigger to then get bigger. Yeah. You knew it was going to have to build. So, Yeah, I mean, I remember I remember some people who were promoted like, oh, they're going to sell out. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I hope they do. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice, but that's a lot of tickets. And I've just sold... 50 tickets in a month. And I, at this rate, we'll never get to like 700 tickets. So, um, which is fine. We, we did fine the first year and, and it worked out. We really focused on making sure that everybody became, they felt good about their investment. Yeah. And, and that really meant, you know, making a personal touch with every single attendee. Um, oh, that was another thing. We, we changed, I think, the tone of, of conferences. And, and I'm very proud. This is really tough. She says, I don't want to go to another, our, people showing up at our conference and being feel like outsiders. Every conference we've been to beforehand, there's very cliquish and very. You show up in the room and you've got insecurities. You want to be recognized for what you do. 
and people are shy and scared. Like a new school and being, you know, stepping mm. on campus for the first time. You, yeah. You're bringing all that, that that emotional stuff with you, and you just want to belong. And I just didn't want anybody to feel like they. Uh, I didn't want to have anybody have that stress. I wanted yeah, it standing to be, at the side of the room. I don't yes, know anyone. I yes. shouldn't be here. I don't belong. Maybe I should just leave now before anyone notices I'm even here. All yeah. those kind of feelings. Exactly. <laughs> of course, we can't control everything, but we can make it more friendly, more engaging. So Tusty did uh, was really the host, most amazing host. She just ran, ran around the place looking for people standing alone. So hey, do you know anyone here? And they're like, no. Come with me. I'm gonna meet, make you meet some friends. All my friends. Yeah. So she ran around, and then we hired another gal whose sole job was also to meet, go look for lonely souls, right? People just standing I'm by themselves. Busy on their phone. Yeah, the center, yeah, staring at the phone, looking like they're doing business. <laughs> Pretending to like, be on the phone. Someone's coming. Yeah. Out. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So she ran around and she was meeting and greeting people. And then we just found, we also did a lot of um, like networking stuff, little games, little fun ways to meet people. Mm. And in fact, even to start the whole con, which I really think this really kind of set the tone. And we didn't have that sense, but because I, I don't think we can because it's a scale. We literally got a picture of every person before we got, they, they, we asked everyone, please send us a photo of you. And we created a slideshow of that introduced them with their name on the screen at the <laughs> wow. opening of the program. So like three moment of seeing that picture on the big screen and it was like, you belong here. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, validating. it was like 300 photos in like six minutes on the screen. Just nice. all these things popping faces and names and all that stuff. <laughs> And everyone was just like, I think really felt like, oh, I'm important. I'm important. I, I belong. And that was something that really changed the, I think, set the tone, not change it, but set cool. the tone. And that's why LashCon also, I think, is really feels different than their conferences. And, right. you know, our, our struggle now is we have over 750 people coming right now to LashCon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can we create that same feeling when you get so big? <laughs> Yo, new <laughs> level, new devil yeah. kind of thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're, I mean, we, I think we'll probably have over a thousand when this is all done. And yeah, we're going to have some real struggles to get so yeah, that like, kind of community. I mean, you know, so when you started out, there was, there was a few hundred, which is amazing anyway for the, for the first yeah. year of a conference. But, you know, last year, last year went insane. As yeah, far as I could tell from yeah. the pictures. So talk us through what happened last year. Yeah, last year was we're almost at five, just short of 500. And that was the middle of COVID and no one from overseas, right? I mean, literally, no one could well, come no, out. No, no one could get that from overseas. Yeah, no one could get here. We had banned the world from America. You know, we were the worst at COVID. We're like, you can't come here and get COVID. <laughs> um, it was weird. But that said, we basically, you know, did took I think took what we had in 2019. We more than doubled our budget, and it was, wow. that was a gamble too because it was like, well, what if no one shows up because of COVID? Because it was too risky. It was risky, and but I said, well, I don't want to just do the same thing. We have to take it to another level with more. We have to blow people away. We have to engage people more. We have to build community, and also people are just dying to get together. I mean, they've been yeah. locked away for a year, year and a half at that point. Now they're just really wanting to find a way to connect with others. So. We did that. We took a gamble. It was very risky. I mean, we could have lost everything. It was because everyone else was still doing the the virtual, you know, yeah. the virtual stuff. Which we did do that, that too. We had mm. both. We had virtual and live, which was kind of cool. I feel like, I think, I might be wrong, have myself on the show. I think we were the first beauty event that actually did both a live and virtual event at the That's same time. 
uh, where you could come and sit in person or people at home to watch it. Or I knew some people were up in their hotel room watching it live while they're in the hotel. Recovering. Yeah, recovering <laughs> a little too much from the parties. Uh, but So that's kind of what we did. We had parties every night. Uh, we had a huge, massive party on Saturday night, the opening night, which will now be on Sunday night this year. And it was like a big carnival. We had, a, you know, a, it was a New Year's Eve party because we didn't have New Year's Eve really celebration this that year. Someone said, let's celebrate this year together now in person. We had a boom drop that didn't go as well. But, but that's okay. <laughs> but we had an amazing DJ. We had booths. We had games. We had balloon animals. We had caricature characters. portraits, face painting. Yeah, all this cool. fun stuff. Food, drink, all this stuff. And people had a blast. And that was really cool. And then we did... a. On the next day, we had another award show. We had an award show in the evening called the Lashy Awards. And we did uh, an impromptu karaoke party, which now is going to be something we do every year. That really, everyone loved that. And then on last night, we had Lash Anarchist um, par, um, um, PJ party, slumber party, where everyone just shows up in PJs and just hangs out for a few hours and just unwinds after the whole con's over. It's kind of like a, our farewell party. And so we had, the parties were went amazing. And I think that was something that, you don't get when you go to a lot of conferences. There'll be some old meetups where you go to lunch or go to dinner with people. But the idea that we all gather together, we all celebrate, and we meet together, and a lot of these things, we buy you a drink at least to get you started. And just, it's fun. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And people really network and connect over that. And because what's cool too is that the parties are always hard to meet people. So we try to make sure before they all get started that we have networking opportunities before these things. So that when you show up the party, it's more like, oh yeah, we met earlier today. Hey, how's it going? Do you have fun? Versus going to the party, which again, the music's loud, and you're like, I can't connect with anyone, I don't know anyone, and then stand in the corner. So, that we really tried to do differently. So, there's opportunities on Saturday, we have networking opportunities, and then we'll also do some stuff at LashCon during the day, which is what we did last year on Saturday when we first meet. We actually break apart for like 10, 15 minutes and tell people, like, you need to meet with two or three people in your halo circle. And, and network or get to know these people and ask them. I think we can answer these three questions and and then those become your lunch buddies, right? It's like, oh, okay, we yeah. just met. That's your, that's your you starter know. group. Yeah, that's your starter starting group. group. Yeah, yeah, starting group. Yeah. And then, you know, then they would go to lunch together and, and meet some other people. And uh, we're looking to do some other things like that where maybe help people connect for lunch and all that. We really want people, the biggest thing I saw at LashCon more than even learning about business is the, is the connection. People walk away from LashCon with new friends. And everyone in the Lash industry, for the most part, works alone. Alone in, the room. in the room. So our whole idea is like, well, why don't we find a way to connect so that people can walk out of LashCon? And that's how what we've seen more and more from these first three years is people saying, I've made all these new friends and they find new partnerships, like business partnerships, like people doing trainings together. People start podcasts together. People start new product lines together. Collaborations. collaborations. We actually have a group called Lash Blue Collective that's doing a class on Friday night. These are three competing brands that <laughs> really all do the same thing. They're collaborating together to teach a business training on Friday night before the conference starts. And we totally celebrate. And by the way, they also are starting their own conference next year. And they're starting off <laughs> to our backs, which I'm like, that's so cool. Because most people are like, wait a minute, you know that's going to be competing with you for business. I'm like, yes, that will. Of course it will. Yeah. But I think that the pie is big enough. That's what we think. The pie is big enough. And we'll 100%. support them and help launch them. I hope their con conference is a huge success. And I feel like, well, as a small way, we supported that, encouraged it, and helped bring that about. And I want to continue to do that time and time. I feel like it's trying to set an example for the industry that we can collaborate. We, we're all competitive. We need, the, we need competition. It yeah. helps you work harder. Yeah, and I mean, that's, yeah. that's been my experience. I, I tell this story 
many times over. My, although I've been in this industry as a whole, spas, hotels, beauty for 20 stupid years now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was invited to speak at a Lash event here in the UK. What was it? Four, five, four years, four years ago now. Yeah. And at that time, although I obviously knew what lashing and lash extensions were, I had no idea that there was such a big element of the industry just focused on this. And from the moment I walked into that event, um, everyone made me feel so welcome straight wow. away. And I had this, this impression of actually the lash artists that I met were slightly, they were, they were slightly more business savvy than, than a lot of people in the beauty industry, but mainly because they were happy to admit what they didn't know, or they were happy mm. to admit that they didn't know stuff and they wanted help. So it's interesting what you said, this, this event that I went to, I was, I think I was the only person talking about business at that, mm. at that lash particular event, because everyone else, like you say, was talking about technique and glues and adhesives yeah. and, and all these different things. Um, so I, I genuinely have this very soft spot for for the whole lash industry because from that very first event, they made me feel very welcome. And every single person I've worked with now in that particular side of the industry has just kind of made me feel it's it's such a a collaborative part of the industry. Where a lot a lot of the industry is still no, I'm not teaching you my techniques. Then my techniques, yeah. I'm not going to show you anything else. Whereas my entire experience over these last few years of of working with lash artists has been no. Like you said, Tessany, that there's no absolute right way and wrong way to do something. Everyone has a different technique, and everyone can learn something from from everyone else, and then come up with your own. And I just, I love it. I think it's great. So I can't wait for Lashcon. I'm so excited already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really unique. We've had some other outsiders who were like you. They work in beauty, but not in lashes, and they mm. came to our conference last year, and they were just blown away. So this mm. this doesn't happen in other parts of the beauty industry. There is a general genuine um love and curiosity for curiosity like wanting to learn um being okay saying i don't know and there really is this almost like real sisterhood where people really support each other that he says you don't see that in the same way it's a little bit more catty a little bit more i think, I think it's very special i do i think yeah. it's very special yeah and i'm cool. very blessed to be part of that <laughs> me too so um couple a couple of three things i always like to give people a a, a kind of really practical takeaway from an episode. So we've talked a lot about the struggle and adversity and man, it sounds like you've got, you guys have been through the ringer several times on things. Yeah. So, you know, when someone's having a downtime, a bad month, a dark day, all those kind of things, what would you, what would your biggest tips be to get through that and keep going? Um, well, I kind of mentioned it before and it's always worked for us that when you've had a big disappointment, I think that what you should do is do something that you have always wanted to do. You probably already have a list or an idea of something you've always wanted to do for your business or for yourself. Um, and it's at that moment where you speak it out loud and say, I'm going to do this. And uh, then all of a sudden you have, once you've spoken it um, and said to other people, I'm going to do this, then everything else gets in line. And, and having a project to focus on really takes you out of the, the, the depression of um, your present failure or your present uh, yeah. troubles and really helps you to think, well, if I like wanted to redecorate something or repaint all this furniture, what do I have to do next? I got to mm -hmm. go to the store and get the paint. I got to get the crap. I got to sand all this stuff. It gets you out of the depression and helps yeah. you uh, clarify what you need to do. For me, I know 
it's also going back to kind of core values. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because if I'm doing things just for money, it probably, yeah. the, the pain and suffering probably ain't, ain't worth it. It's at some point you're just like, nah, no, nah, the money's not here. Um, I'm, everyone hates me, <laughs> whatever. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think that's, that's fine. Because that, that can be a lesson for you to learn. Like, okay, this isn't for me. Like this, yeah. this career path I've chosen or just, I want, like, I've known a lot of people who want to be trainers and they start training like, oh my gosh, I don't really like training. It's really um, painful to train someone on lashes. So let's say I just don't find joy in it. And also find students really hard. It doesn't work as easy as they make it sound like. Mm-hmm. So they just give up and that's okay. That, that, that's all right. You can learn from that and go, no, that's not me. Then you pivot and you find something else. But I think you need to find out what you want to do. Because really, <clears throat> almost like for me, if you're not willing to work for free for something, you probably don't love it. Like yeah. most people I know that do, like my dad was an engineer, electrical engineer. He would have done that for free. He loved designing stuff. <laughs> he loved it. It was just in his DNA. For me, I, I found I actually like building businesses and I love mm-hmm. events. I love events. I, I literally could work for free. I did. First two years last <laughs> month. Did. Didn't make a dime. <laughs> yeah, I proved it. I, I work for free because I love the work. I didn't wake up every day going, how much money can I get out of this? And that wasn't my thinking. I did it because I loved it. And I, so I think for things when things aren't going well and things aren't going right, that's actually really a chance to reevaluate your life and evaluate what you what love. What's your passion? If you're like, you know what? This is still my passion. It's not going well. I haven't figured out how to make it work where I can make money. Like the first two years of last time, I didn't make any money. And then third year, finally made a little bit of money. Not much. I mean, like a really bad salary, like McDonald's wages. Um, but I so loved it. I loved it. I, I was so happy after last year. It didn't matter how much money I made. But I know that if I just keep doing this, doing this, doing this, do the good work, the, the money will follow. And this year, things are looking much better. So that's finally after on our fourth year, finally paying off. So I think for me, it's just a matter of when those hard times come, reflecting back, is, is this really my passion? Is this really my, my, my heartbeat? Is this really who I am? And if it's not, then take that lesson, move on and find something else that is. Like you're in beauty. And like, man, I've been doing this for three years and I hate it. And I, I don't yeah, understand. It's probably you know. time to move. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe time that this, it's okay to quit. I mean, the I, and we just did a podcast that said don't quit, but I also wanted to follow up almost with another one. It's okay to quit too, because mm. sometimes in life you're like, oh, this, is, it. this is not what I want to do. I don't like yeah. this. I don't like putting lashes on people. Miserable. Well, <laughs> comes back to the lesson, doesn't it? It's like you, you, your new lesson is you don't like doing lashes, or you don't like working yeah. with staff, or you don't like running events, or whatever you've chosen to do. Yeah. It's, it's try something new. Cool. So uh, I can't imagine anyone who's involved in lashes doesn't want to come to Lashcon now. So if anyone wants to find out more about Lashcon, where can they go? They can go to thelashconference.com. Um, that's where everything's, or go to our Instagram, which is also the Lash Conference. And um, basically, you'll see everything that's there. I mean, we, we used to have um, plus some quick, funny, not funny, sad story. We originally had the name LashCon, LashCon.com. We own the domain or even the Instagram, LashCon. And sadly, because we didn't trademark it in time, we lost it. And a big corporation bought it. So we had to go with a name called the Lash Conference, which we thought was kind of, I don't know, so generic. I was like, can I trademark that? And our lawyer's like, nope, that's so generic. It's like saying, can I, can I trademark grocery store? Like I know you can't trademark or bank. I I'm I'm, trade, I'm called banking now. You can't use that name anywhere in a bank. So anyhow, it's the last conference.com. So that's where you find everything. Amazing. You want. 
couple of quick questions then, just because I, I know people always tend to ask these things. Is it only for 100% specialist lash techs? Or if someone is kind of in, doing general beauty, but also does lashes, would they get something out of the conference? It's primarily focused on the needs of the lash artist, but okay. there's a lot of crossover. You know, sure. um, so somebody who's a permanent makeup artist, or anybody who does, you know, like nails, or, or hair, or anything, or even um, there's a gal that uh, used to be in our um, building who does um, personal training, and I mm-hmm. said you should come because the principles about customer service and and building systems that's all the same. It's it's universal sure. no matter what business you're in. So yeah, if you have those, um, if you have a, a beauty business or a small a small business, um, you know, not necessarily even in beauty, it, it would be um, beneficial for you. Yeah, I think we only have like three or four presentations out of the whole thing. They're just last specific. Everything else, otherwise, okay. on the stage is going to be business, 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 and I, you know, or marketing or customer service in that realm. So yeah, this is not really. It's, even though it's, it's the irony is this: it's called the Lash Conference, and you almost learn nothing <laughs> about lashes at it. It's all about business, and, and that's, it's, that's it's for me. Yeah. And <laughs> if someone's if someone's just starting out or just about to start out, is this something that's kind of right for them as well, or do you need Absolutely. to be opinion? Brilliant, amazing. No, no, no. This helps anyone. No matter where you're in your journey, you're going to walk away with some new knowledge that's going to help you with your business. Where you're working as an employee, as a manager, as an owner. It's, awesome. you're, there's all sorts of tips and stuff. And I think the real value that people get is the networking and connecting with us like my That really yeah. changes everything. I'd say that the, the, the best conferences I can remember, I probably can't remember very many of the actual talks, but yeah. it's the it's the connections, it's the people, it's the, the random happenings, that accidental person you bumped into. I have a funny story that I'll tell you later about the time I bumped yeah. into Jasmine Starr at an event yeah. and I got oh. more starstruck than I've yeah. ever been like meeting like meeting celebrities and stuff like that. I, yeah. It was just such a random thing, but I'll tell you that story later. Yeah. She was um, at LashCon last year. She I know she was. Yeah, yes. yeah. I know she was. By the way, yeah. we met you. I met you actually at um, Pretty Rich um, Summit. Summit. Yeah, virtual. Yes, virtual. I was going to say, I thought I'd bumped into you then. I was like, no, uh, we didn't. Uh, no, that's what <laughs> no, For Sheila's event, you and me, you were in one of those rooms. I yes, saw your name. That's said, true. There's Adam. And, and yeah. Sheila already told me, you need to meet Adam. And I was like, I know, I've been wanting to. And so I jumped in the room and you and me chatted. Uh-huh. And I think that's when I first said, I'd love to have you come and be part of LashCon. So, yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So it is always the connections you make. Uh, Paul Tussany, it has been a pleasure talking to you. It really, really has. Obviously, we'll put all the links and everything uh, to your Instagram and uh, the Lash Conference, everything in the show notes, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com. It's been a pleasure, guys. I cannot Thank wait you. to meet you in person. Have an yes. amazing rest of your day. Yes. I hope to speak to you soon. Adam. Well, there you go. How about all that? Honestly, I think the recording from our chat went on for almost two hours. You know, there might even be a whole other episode I can squeeze out of that. But I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you found value in the fact that things don't always go to plan. In fact, they hardly ever go to plan. That no one's success happens overnight. But if you're doing what you love to do, then it will all be worth it in the end. It will always work out for you. Now, if you are a lash tech, or if you're just starting out as a lash tech, or if you're thinking of becoming a lash tech or artist, and you want to just network with some amazing business owners, or you just love a good party, then I imagine you will want to come and join 
me, Paul, and Tussany, and everyone else at the Lash Conference this November. Now, like we mentioned there, just go to thelashconference.com to find out more. But I warn you, once you check out the website, you'll want to go even more than you do now. Or you can go to at the Lash Conference on Instagram to keep up with all of the stuff that's happening in the run-up to the event. Now, as always, everything that we've mentioned on the show today can be found in the show notes pages, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com. Now, that is it for me for this week. Coming up over the next few weeks, I am, I promise you, going to bring you the episode that I've been working on for way too long now called The Fortunes in the Follow-Ups. That one turned into a real monster, but it's going to be an amazing one. And uh, also new to the show, I'm going to be featuring a few of my own clients on the show, as well as talking to some more of you guys to share your stories, your lessons learned, and your successes as well. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye from me for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.